the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Talking all things financial, money, investing, insurance, retirement, marriage, divorce, special needs situations. Living too long with too little of assets is something we need to talk about more. Let's talk about some big retirement risks to avoid, things that you want to avoid as we live longer and you're theory not working from age 60 to 100. Um, you can't make mistakes. Joining me now is CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com. He is a regional director with EP Wealth, host of his own podcast, New Focus on Wealth, available where you consume podcasts. Chad, let's talk about big retirement risks to avoid. Um, number one on the list is longevity risk. What does that mean when I say that to you? Well, let me let me first start by saying what it it the changed meaning to me in the you know 28 plus years that I've been doing this. Okay. What the longevity risk means to me. So to kind of flash back into the early 90s when I got into the business with my grandfather, right? And he Feeling the left vibe. the banks. He, yeah. Say that again? I'm feeling the vibe of the 90s. Yeah. Hit, hit yeah. a little Nirvana going in my head, but go ahead. Exactly. A little Pearl Jam playing. I'm studying for the CFP courses, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, what you know, he was in his mid-60s when he left the bank with essentially like a box of statements after it was kind of towards the end of the savings and loan crisis. So he didn't even, you know, he had to look up at the clock to figure out how to answer the phone every day, he used to say. And so I was going to college and he wanted me to help him kind of set up his office. And that's, I ended up just falling in love with the business. I just hated the sales part of it, right? And wanted to do this as, as a fee-only, you know, fiduciary-based career. So, but but part of that is when we would sit down at meetings with people in their 70s and 80s back then, a lot of the conversations were geared around doctor visits. It was it was interesting because you'd kind of sit there and be like, well, what did you, how was your week? How's your week going? How's your day going? Oh, well, I had to take so-and-so to the doctor. And then on Thursday, he's got to go to the doctor. And it was this constant like healthcare planning, like the calendars were filled with doctor's appointments and fixing hips and knees and all that kind of stuff. And as I've seen people age and retire, I've also noticed that the happiest people in retirement are always the ones that say, I am so busy now, I don't even know how I had the time to work. And it's the ones that are 
constantly, you know, waking up and doing their exercise. Okay. Uh, the ones that are, you know, hanging out with family, they've got good relationships with their friends. Um, they're typically some sort of a volunteer or part of some sort of group. And they're very, very busy, or they keep somewhat keep working a little bit into their older ages. And so the longevity risk that for, for me, the way that I look at it now is those that also I've seen Rob, those that I've worked with in the past that I want to retire when I'm 55 or 60, you know, really early. Right. And they, so they get this number in their head and this goal and they work towards it. And then they get there and they're miserable. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're going to do. They go from working 50, 60, 70 hours a week and feeding this nest egg to they retire and they have no plan for their health care. They have no volunteer work. They have nothing to get them out of bed. They're just miserable. Here's where just, I kind of agree with you, kind of disagree with you. I can't wait to retire so I can sleep till 9 a.m. I'll figure out everything else later, <laughs> which means I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. But just the idea of sleeping into me after 20 years of doing this at you know five in the morning. I, I know I can't sleep in no matter what. So <laughs> I'm going to do that. Do you, think, do you think retirement will be kind to us and let us sleep until 10 like our children do? No, oh, I know. I don't, it's, it's just no matter what, I'm up at like 4.45 in the morning. Okay, and back to the Or if I go to bed, I'm like six hours and that's about all my body will let me sleep. So that's, that's See, a whole other issue. <laughs> it's a whole other issue. But to me, every time you're like, yeah, but you're, you can't be bored. I'm like, I, let me sleep in. Just let me sleep in. Give me that. But let's go back to the longevity risk of not having enough money because you outlive well, it. Or even having enough money, but you go from working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week throughout your career, retiring and not great health. You continue the path of not great health and retirement, then you're spending your 70s and 80s constantly going to the doctor. To me, that sounds awful, no matter how much money you have. So, you know, the, the average life expectancy in the 1950s was like 68. And now it's only 76. But those that have enough money for retirement that can afford to retire, because it's a very small part of the population, it seems these days, that can. But those that do, and then they concentrate on their health care, are living till they're 100 years old. So there's the longevity risk in terms of I'm going to live into my 80s, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be going to the doctor all the time. My knees are bad. My hips are bad. My, my health is awful. And instead of concentrating on diet and exercise, I just take another pill. That's the kind of uh, system I don't want to be a part of, right? I want to be able to enjoy my retirement. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and have enough money to live to your 100. So part of that is maybe delaying retirement until you have a plan for what you're going to do in retirement. What's going to get you out of bed? What's going to motivate you? What's going to fulfill you? Because the ones that I've seen that go 60, 70 hours a day or a week working to just right into retirement with no plan, they tend to not be that happy, Rob. They tend to watch their portfolio too much or start watching Jim Cramer on CNBC and you know questioning everything. And it's it's just seems more and more common where sometimes people that ease into retirement, take a few sabbaticals or continue to work part-time or consult into their 70s, but travel a lot, do a lot of uh, you know biking, swimming, pickleball, that kind of thing, volunteer work, playing with their grandkids. Those are the ones that are the happiest. So longevity risk in, the, in a general sense is just that threat of potentially outliving your money and ending up with only Social Security 
and having to eventually sell your home and live off those proceeds. But then there's the longevity risk of I, I live a long time, but I'm really not, you know, physically or or mentally happy. Which could happen. Booyah. <laughs> Good job, Kramer. Real quick, uh, we've got about a minute and a half. What do you think about, uh, you just brought it up, people watching Kramer, people watching CNBC for investment. I can't do it myself. It's too much of, let's change the question to another person and get a different answer. And it's, it's too frustrating for me to watch CNBC. I'm more of a no, I can't, guy. I can't stand it. When you get the six head, I think the market thinks this, the market thinks that, the market this, or, it, it, you're just, they're just adding to the short term swing problems that are out there. Um, and, and that, you know, financial pornography that we talk about where it's, it, it creates this, this additional FOMO, the fear of missing out when after the good times have already occurred, which happened big time in 2020. Um, and then it just creates more fear at the bottom when people should start buying. It's very weird to me because when I look at it, it's so unlike this show or your show. Um, it's kind of like Fox News takes the Republican side, MSNBC takes the liberal side, but CNBC, they're, they're taking something too, right? It feels like they're, it's the fear of missing outside, like you just said, I guess, where, you know, every break it's, uh, will Twitter be ruined or will Twitter be saved? It's, it's all clickbait. It's all clickbait. And it's, you know, fear sells and greed sells. And that's what they're in the business of now. I'm happy that's not my job. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. So set aside the evening of Thursday, November 17th and get ready to learn some strategies from Chad Burton and Rob Black that can help you retire better and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. This event in Palo Alto will focus on retirement income and tax planning. If you're nearing or in retirement, this seminar is for you. Chad will explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much more. Learn how to invest during high inflation and interest rate moves, social security strategies, and managing IRA and 401ks in retirement. Rob Black will share market happenings and trends. That's Thursday, November 17th, 6.30 p.m. at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for the event at chadburton.com. Only $25. And for podcast listeners, we'll waive the fee. Just use promo code EVENT25. That's chadburton.com, promo code EVENT25. It's a Chad Burton day, which is always a good day on the show. Lots of information, lots to think about from a different perspective. He sees things as a financial planner. I see things as a wealth accumulator. Um, I see stories about accumulating wealth in Elton John. I see stories about how long your career is in football players. He sees things a little differently. We're talking about the seven big retirement risks to avoid. We're talking about that because we're promoing an event coming up at, in the middle of November, the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to be doing a live event in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. You can get his podcast at chadburton.com. You can fill out a form to become a client at chadburton.com and schedule a meeting with him. Um, Chad, let's talk about risks in retirement because a lot of people don't realize there's so many different types of risks. We, you, we've already covered longevity risk, but right after that, we can talk about inflation risk because we didn't know that it was a risk, but it certainly showed up this year as one. And then we could talk about tax rate risks as well. Are we going to look at higher taxes or lower taxes to pay for all that our government gives us? Um, let's tackle inflation first. What's, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, historically, if you look at the value of the dollar, it's cut in half about every 18 to 23 years or so. So that means that if you're spending $50,000 on expenses now in 20 years, that those same goods and services are going to cost you a hundred grand. Um, 
And so that's the normal range of inflation, which has been around the 3.2% or so range. Okay. Um, but we did enjoy a, basically two decades of really slow inflation, low inflation rather, um, because of globalization. Things got cheaper. You know, it went from used to have these expensive VCRs to cheaper DVD players to eventually that went away and now it's a subscription based service, right? Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. And so, so our electronics got cheaper and cheaper over time. Um, so that, that kind of helped keep the overall rate of inflation low. Um, and, and inflation, a decent amount of inflation in that two to three and a half percent range is a very healthy economy. That's what you like. When you get well over that, then it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's not. Then you get kind of into the stagflation, decreasing jobs and high inflation. Like, yeah, it's kind of like Goldilocks. You don't want it yeah, too hot. Yeah. You don't want it too cold. You want a little bit of inflation, like wage inflation for the average person to keep up with his food inflation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all mo- moderation and moderation is what I like to say. Yep. And when you hear those terms of inflation, it's the, it, the CPI numbers are typically like, it, it's kind of generalized towards a family, you know, with kids, let's say. So when you go into retirement, though, you think about inflation, you want to make sure that your healthcare costs are being inflated at five to six percent a year. Although I will say it's really odd that Medicare Part B is going to go down in cost this next year. Isn't that but, odd? Um, like I saw that too, and I was like, wait, something's well, we'll pay cheaper? for it later. <laughs> we'll pay for it later. Um, it was actually the only really inflation in the Inflation Act kind of a thing that um, was was truly deflationary, I guess you could say. But anyway, the um, so the inflation risk is that things are going to become more expensive as you go into retirement. So every year out of your portfolio, you're, it's not gonna, it's not like people draw more exactly out each year, Rob. It's, it's a lot of times what happens is it stair steps up where you'll be doing a, a review and going over your uh, person's financial plan, and they're like, "Well, this, these automatic, you know, these systematic withdrawals from these accounts aren't going as far as they used to." And so a year or two, three goes by and they, they say, you know, can we pull out more now? And it rather than, you know, exactly 3% more every year. And so with, with inflation, you, you have to realize that, okay, in retirement, you can control the costs on most of your expenses. Um, you eat a little less as you age. You don't shop for clothes as much as you age. In some cases, um, you don't travel as much as when you get into your 80s. And so what happens is the, uh, your expenses in retirement are like a smiley face, right? It, you spend a lot on your bucket list items in the beginning, and then your spending kind of goes down. And then in your late 70s and 80s, your spending goes up because of healthcare costs. So running your normal expenses in your plan at you know, 25 to 3%, is fine. And then your healthcare costs at five or 6%. That's how you should be inflating your kind of expense spreadsheet in retirement. And so inflation risk is essentially saying, I got to draw more and more out of my portfolio each and every year to maintain my lifestyle. And you have to get a certain rate of return on your portfolio that beats inflation in order to not run out of money. Um, before you die. And so in the inflation risk and the longevity risk kind of go hand in hand. The longer you live, the more inflation you're going to face. How about so that? investing okay, in stocks is really, you know, investing in stocks, having some commodities and things like tips in a portfolio, treasury inflation protected securities. That's the way that you fight inflation. Stocks, real estate, commodities, things like that. And then you have your bonds for your steady income and your CDs for your steady income. Is there deflation risk in your portfolio? 
or in, in retirement, deflation risk in retirement. Let me be clear about that. Mm. So yeah, deflation is the, the reduction in the value of, I wouldn't say there's a deflation risk. Okay. Um, that's more of an economic issue, it's, I think. It's, it's getting kind of wonky, I know. Let's talk yeah. tax rates. What do we need to know about tax rates in retirement? Well, it's, I mean, this is this is part of the reason why we're doing the retirement income distribution and tax planning, because the, the two go so hand in hand, especially after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Okay. It made tax planning a lot more complicated, but there's actually really, really good things in there for retirees because uh, it's exp- it's hard to explain on radio because there's a capital gains bracket and then there's an ordinary income tax bracket. And I mean, if all you have is capital gains income from either U.S.-based stocks paying dividends or you sell stocks that you or real estate that you own for over a year, right? Um, a married couple filing jointly can have well over it's you know. Let's say around eighty to ninety thousand dollars of income at a zero bracket. If that's the only income that they had, but as soon as they have other ordinary income from like pension, IRA distributions, or whatever, it can push that capital gains bracket up. So, long story short, there's a way to like stagger income, Rob, between one year or the other, or you know, play with how much you pull out of your IRAs versus your taxable accounts to maintain a very low bracket in retirement. It it just becomes more complicated, but there's some really good opportunities there. And the risk here is, is that this, this tax cut of 2017 expires in 2026 if Congress doesn't act to make it permanent. And so when you run your financial planning, you have to realize that, oh, I could be paying a higher tax bracket again after the year 2026. Defined, and we have less than a minute, define that people might come to you and they want all this done before they retire so they can get it in their working years so they don't have to deal with complicated tax issues in in retirement years. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you and I tell people all the time, it's pretty easy to build wealth and index funds and maxing your 401k and doing mega Roth 401ks and Roth IRAs and you know, to build that wealth. But the, the complicated piece is like, how do you pull that wealth out? How do you reduce the risk of stock market corrections and bear markets to order stock market returns? That's where it gets complicated. Um, I agree. So yeah, it's a guide path of 10 years. 10 years, you really got a detailed financial plan, cash flow, tax analysis into the future. And five years from retirement, you want your portfolio to look like it's supposed to look like the day you retire. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcase is always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirato Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiratopass.com. Chad, we're talking about various types of risks in retirement. Um, risks to avoid, risks to not get run over, per se, in the financial world. You hit tax rate risk, you hit inflation risk, you hit longevity risk. Let's switch now to healthcare costs. It's something I don't think a lot of because in my 50s, I'm well-employed. I've got healthcare with my employer. I, healthcare costs aren't in my head right now, but I need to be start thinking about it, right? Well, yeah, especially if you retire early, right? I mean, if you retire early before 65, you're essentially going you know, to the Covered California plans at some point. So a lot of people will get COBRA if they leave their employer for 18 months and then switch over to some sort of a a plan and you know, you know, cover California or Affordable Care Act plans. 
And then after that, once you turn 65, you still have to pay for Medicare Part B, supplemental insurance, um, prescription, things like that. So in retirement, even post-65, most people are going to pay somewhere between 5500 and 6000 per year, inflating at 5 or 6% averaged out over their lifetime. It's a little less when you're you know, 65 or so, but it'll go up in the future. So you still have to have those costs growing in your cash flow analysis. Um, and then you have to realize that if you're a high income earner, your Medicare Part B can, instead of being 170 a month, can go up into well over $400 a month for the same coverage. If you, it's, it's basically income testing. And it runs into the same problem that other risks hit where you don't want to necessarily be selling in a down market to cover your healthcare costs that are going up or a big healthcare cost strikes you. So that's part of your detailed planning that you do for clients is how to make sure something doesn't sneak up on them as far as healthcare costs go. Oh yeah, for sure. And you typically running, uh, what if scenarios, what if you or your spouse in late seventies go into a nursing home for, you know, three to five years, what happens to the portfolio for the survivor? You have enough. How are you going to deal with those long-term care risks? Once you hit the age of 70 or so, it's like a 60% chance you're going to spend some time in a long-term care facility. And women tend to go in and stay in there for much longer. Men tend to go in for, you know, somewhere between six months and, and three years and then die. But like my grandmother lived in memory care for 10 years and blew through most of their assets by the time she passed. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. My it's, grandmother had Alzheimer's for a long time to the point that she couldn't get out of the bed. So she got bed sores and horrible things like that, which we don't even want to talk about that right now. It's too early in the morning. Yeah, it's something that a lot of our you know clients are facing, though. Um, you know, People that are in their 60s that are in that kind of sandwich generation, kids getting out of college and and parents going into facilities. And what I tend to find is there's always one sibling that is taking care of mom or dad, even though they're in a facility yep. around the clock. It's like a full-time job dealing with other appointments and care coordination and prescriptions and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's a tough job on the entire family, and it's something that family should talk about. Let's talk a little bit about that real quick, because <clears throat> I helped with the investments for my mother. My brother David helped with um, the legal issues as she started to age and had strokes and couldn't handle financial information on her own, paying mortgages, selling homes. My sister did the appointments. And when the inheritance came along, everyone was kind of like nervous on who was going to ask for more and who wasn't. And it was just a family dynamic of going through the final three years of my mother's life is that's stressful. Just it, 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 you had to have a relationship with your brothers and sisters who you might not have been very close to. Yeah. And the, the one that always asks for the most is always the one that does the least. <laughs> so that's what I find. Um, true in our family as well. <laughs> so, Isn't that odd? Yeah. It always plays out that way. And, um, uh, yeah. Now we're getting into a different, it's getting kind of discouraging. So how can we veer back into financial information? Well, first of all, you can, if, you, if those are typical family dynamics and you can deal with those family dynamics with proper estate planning, having the right living trust with naming who's going to be the trustee if you're either incapacitated or if you pass. And um, if the kids aren't going to be able to get along and do that, then you name an outside party that does it without any kind of a bias. And that maybe helps 
you know, solve the or heal the relationship between the siblings versus make it worse in the long run. Is that something a state planner does, brings in the different family members and gives them rules to talk or rules to engage by? Or is it just something we're going to have to figure out on our own? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you set up your living trust with the kind of the instructions to whoever's handling your estate. And then after that, it's, it's, it's math, right? It's uh, dividing up who gets what based on the wishes that are in your documents. And Which sometimes um, they differ like golden clay, don't they? What right. people expect they're going to get versus what they really get. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> um, <laughs> Lots of stories there. Well, and there are, it's uh, you know, I, I tell a story about a family friend who, you know, she had kids at our age. So we kind of got to know her. And then the dad remarried and the dad took her and her brother out of the well took the first mother out of the well and it all went to the second wife and everyone was shocked except for no one was really shocked because they all kind of saw the writing on the wall um interesting that what's the most dramatic estate planning story you have for me right now um i mean there's just stuff that even happened in in my own family that ruined that still the relationship between my mom and sister have never has never been the same and that's the one where after my great aunt passed, um, literally the, the body wasn't even cold yet. And my aunt said to my mom and sister sitting there in the same room, well, uh, Aunt June said I could have her wedding ring three weeks ago. Can you, can you get it for me? And asked my mom to pull the ring off her warm finger. Uh, and then there was all sorts of stuff. And I was the one settling the estate and I had to deal with this situation. And it it, it was Kind of like, don't call me. You can email me and I'll give you the documentation. But this is, I think that there was an expectation of a lot more assets in, in that estate and in my grandparents' estate. And a lot of those assets got blown through because of long-term care costs. So let's talk about long-term care costs. Home health care in 2021 was an average of $61,776. Assisted living was $54,000. Semi-private nursing home, $127,000 per person. That's pretty expensive. That will burn through a nest egg incredibly fast. It's long care. Well, you add about 30% care. to those numbers for the Bay Area. Okay, of course. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, that's why many people are retiring in Florida and in Arizona and in even more rural parts like Arkansas now because you can keep or the out of the country low or out of the country. Yep. Long-term care insurance worth getting. <clears throat> when should you get it? Who should get it? Who should avoid it? Well, you should start shopping for it, you know, when you're 60 or so. And, and oddly enough, the, the group plans that you can get through work that are portable, you can take with you when you leave work tend to be better. There's, there's been less rate increases. Okay. But I've known people that bought long-term care insurance that have seen three or 400% rate increases since they bought it years ago. Cause the insurance industry is very, very old, but the long-term care insurance piece of it is relatively young and they kind of mispriced the longevity of people. And so the rates have been going up quite a bit and, you know, women pay higher premiums, for example. Uh, it's, so it's, it's pretty expensive. And part of doing a very detailed financial plan is to say, what are the risks? Can you self-insure because you have enough assets? And, you know, if you can, or if you can't look at the other options out there, there's basic long-term care insurance. There is life insurance policies that you can buy that if you go into a nursing home while you're alive, you can use the death benefit early. 
those policies have gotten better. Um, or you say, you know what, I'm probably going to do a reverse mortgage or eventually sell my home to pay for the care. And then you've got to explain to your family and put it in your trust documents. No, I want to exhaust all my assets because I want to have a, I want to have in-home care because you're not the one making your decisions if you're incapacitated anymore. Right. Or you know, just having the conversations with your family, what route you're going to take. Because once you get into your late 60s and 70s, like the long-term care insurance costs are astronomical now. So it's it's a really rough market, Rob. You just gotta have to plan, kind of have a plan B if the insurance isn't going to be right for you. It is very interesting, and for me, it's nice working at EP Wealth. They've got someone who's involved with director of benefits, and you get to talk to them about what your insurance covers, what it doesn't cover. Having a point person in insurance is really important, and this is important because we're talking about right now. We're talking about our mom and dad, but eventually we're going to be talking about us in long term care. I don't think I'll have the mind to read when I'm seventy five and senile and and flaky. Well, yeah, I mean, it just becomes more and more complicated for sure. It's the, the other thing to note too, Rob, there is some spousal impoverishment laws. If one spouse goes in and the other spouse is at home and there's a limited amount of assets, working with an elder care attorney to help protect those assets for the survivor is legal. Okay. Um, versus gifting it away to your kids and trying to hide it before somebody goes into a nursing home. Because if you exhaust all of your assets and you still need care. There is Medicaid in California. It's called Medi-Cal. It's basically the poverty program that comes into play, but still it you know makes it so that people get care. And there is ways to protect some assets for the surviving spouse if one spouse goes in. So Chad and I are talking about risks in retirement. We're going to be doing a live event covering some of these risks, but also talking about taxes, tax planning as well as retirement income, November 17th, 6.30 to 8.30, Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. It's our first live event in two plus years. We're very excited to the point that I'm almost emotional. Uh, minimizing taxes in retirement, managing IRAs, discerning good and bad retirement products. It would be ideal if you're pushing towards retirement with $500,000 or more for this kind of event. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. Use the code EVENT25 to waive the fees. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Make sure you tell friends about the podcast and pass along a podcast link or two, if you will. I have CFP Chad Burton sitting in with me today. We're talking about big retirement risks to avoid as people live longer, costs keep climbing. Chad's giving you some tips, some hints, some tricks on the changing retirement landscape that's out there. And it is like a landscape. We've talked about living too long, longevity of outliving your assets. We've talked inflation risk. 
of things are costing more each and every year. We've gone through healthcare cost risks where you're going to expect to spend $315,000 after tax to cover expenses in retirement. Long-term care risk, very expensive and very tough to, to navigate as a family as well as an individual, as you can well imagine. Chad, you can be found at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. A couple pieces of risk that we need to be looking at still. Lifetime income. It sounds like I won something when I say lifetime income. It's like, come on down. What's lifetime income risk? Well, I mean, life, lifetime income risk is just it kind of tied into longevity. Okay. Um, you know, one of the, I think, I think we still have relatively low interest rates. So one of the worst things somebody could do, I think, would be, hey, I'm going to give a, a huge lump sum of money to an insurance company for a flat payment, but it's going to last as long as I do, right? I, I can't outlive it. So I'll, if they have to continue to pay me if I outlive my life expectancy, but to give up access to that lump sum forever for a payment that you can't adjust with inflation is a huge risk, in my opinion. So I would avoid those types of annuities altogether. Uh, but it's really just, you know, outliving your money. And it's the fact that my mo- my dad, I was about to say my mom and dad, my dad had um, a pension with the United States Army. And it was wonderful because it transferred over to my mother and that really helped keep things on budget, so to speak. Uh, but there's not a lot of pensions out there anymore. It, what When it comes to annuities and when it comes to lifetime income, do you feel... Like best case scenarios, worst case scenarios come into play, or what are we looking at? Well, I think that um, most now that the ten-year treasury is four percent or above, most annuities um, to to put new money into an annuity where they say, "Hey, you can invest in stocks and bonds." Okay, but we have this side guarantee that's going to guarantee that you have income for you know four to six percent for as long as you live. No matter what, right? And that sounds really good, right? That sounds okay, really I can good. Invest in a balanced portfolio and have no risk of outliving my money. Well, when you look at the what happens with those things, Rob, is that the insurance company is not on the hook until your account goes to zero. Okay, that's the only time where they actually have to give the give you your own money. And so, when I run most of those numbers for like a sixty-five year old. Uh, and we were doing a lot of this is because they were somewhat useful as a bond alternative in the last several years until this year. Now that rates have jumped, when you run the scenario, it's like, okay, you can effectively do the same thing if you had a lump sum of money and you could get 4% on it and just pay that person all that money back until they're like 110 years old. It, you only need about a 4% rate of return. So you just have to run a simple spreadsheet to see that most of those products... Um, are, are smoke and mirrors now, especially when the, you can get such good rates on just individual bond and bond ladders. Most variable annuities with a lifetime benefit living income guarantee are, are no longer worth it. And the reason why is because the internal fees are super high. And so while it can provide income for life for you, there's going to be way less mus- money left over for your heirs. So there's, there's a handful of still decent annuities out there that are non-commission annuities. They don't pay anybody a big commission to, to get into them. But now the, the bond market rates are, are higher, those most annuities are, are something, are, you, you want to steer clear of them. <laughs> so 
In, in fact, this is such a big deal, Rob, that both the SEC and the Department of Labor has passed specific laws and more and more documentation for advisors that roll people's 401ks into IRAs because there was an abuse in the world, in the United States specifically, where so many people were getting conned into rolling their 401ks over into high commission annuity products that sounded good on paper, but ended up riddled with super high fees. And so as if people weren't underprepared for retirement enough, they get conned into these investments that pay the broker like five to 7% commissions and have fees in the range of like three and a half percent a year. So um, you just, just got to be very careful with annuities. A lot going on in what you're talking about. Um, but it all kind of works together and you do have to take into account risks when you're planning your portfolio for sure. When you're planning for the last 40 years of your life, stock market risk, is that something we should hit on real quick? I think we've learned that yeah. one this year, didn't we? Well, yeah. I mean, it's stock and bond market risk. If you don't have enough cash and dividends and interest to get through the peak down to the recovery, back up to the re- uh, peak down to the trough, back up to the recovery, you're essentially having to sell stuff at a loss. And so, for example, in 2007, if you, you know, the stock market took like 2000 until 2012 to recover, but a balanced portfolio only until 2010. And so to beat the sequence of return risk in the market, because the stock market is likely average 10, 11% over the next 20 years. But if you're having to sell after the dips occur, you're not going to get that rate of return. So you have to make sure you have enough cash, dividends, and interest and other sources of income to that you can last through volatile times like we're going to see in the next year. How about the, how about the risk? Um, I don't have time to get into it. I was going to say the risk of like your spouse passing early and everything just gets thrown away, thrown aside from all the plans. The plans go to heck in a handbasket or you're taking care of someone for the long term. We'll do that on another show. You can hear either hour one or hour two of today's podcast by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I'll make sure to put the podcast up there. You can find them also at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com, New Focus on Wealth. He's a regional director. He has his own podcast, New Focus on Wealth. You can find it at chadburton.com. We have a big event coming up November 17th. It is a Thursday evening. We are both very excited to do this again, 630 to 830th. Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Super easy to get to, super easy to park. You can sign up for the event using code EVENT25. We'll waive the fee. Learn more about retirement income and tax planning in Palo Alto with Chad and Rob. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.